what a week it was in MLW, folks. One of our craziest drafts ever, highlighted by that very unexpected number one pick that is being talked about around the country. But overall, it was a great draft from top to bottom. Can't wait to talk about it more this week. This is the Pipe It Up Podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, welcome, welcome. Good to see you again. Good to be here. Good to be back. What a weekend. What a week it was for MLW, huh? Crazy week. I feel like, yeah, a lot happened this week. MLW, I had a busy personal week, family week, just everything. It was a holiday week. Crazy, crazy. Um, A lot has happened since you and I have last talked, Jack. But, um... Like, but let's just focus on MLW. I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of stuff for us to talk about in that in that realm. We don't need to milk too much about our personal lives this week, I don't think. But um, <laughs> what a draft it was. I mean, first of all, let's just talk about the video. I, I really enjoyed the video. There was <laughs> some funny was moments. Good. Some I enjoyed the, the editing at the beginning. I'm sure you guys all caught the uh, little little snippet we did there, referencing mm-hmm. the Oscars as well as just um, some of the stock footage that was used was funny. Um, I think everyone's, I feel like overall the dialogue was just improved, like in Kyle's intro, outro, and we really didn't like put that much more like preparation into it necessarily, but it's just, I think it just comes with experience. I mean, yeah. just like being comfortable in front of the camera and speaking like confidently, I feel like that just has an effect on not just Kyle, but all the players, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like we're all getting a little bit better. Obviously I wasn't involved in, in the draft video, but I feel like everyone in the league has it's cool to see everyone progress, you know, being in front of the camera. It is a little nerve wracking, even when it's like, you know, you can do a couple takes or whatever, but it is nerve wracking. I remember doing the award show and that was kind of my first like uh, large amount of time in front of the camera. And it took, mm-hmm. took a little bit to get used to it, but this is what our third draft now. So third draft video, mm-hmm. um, I would say was another big success. Yeah. Talking to the camera, it's just, it's different. Like in my opinion, it's harder to speak like clearly and confidently in front of a camera or even like into a microphone because I feel like especially if you're new to it in the back of your head you have that like okay this is a this is not live footage this is editable and you're not speaking to a person you're just looking directly into a lens so it mm-hmm. is a little weird whereas like when you're talking with somebody else you're just getting their feedback and I don't know your brain's not like consciously thinking about what you're saying and, and that kind of stuff but not only like our players in the video getting more confident and I think it's apparent you know as I watch guys come through throughout the weekend um when we recorded the draft, um, most guys did it in, you know, one, two takes. It was pretty cool. I was the worst one. It was funny. I kept saying 2000, <laughs> 2022. And I do that every time I go to say a year like that. I've done that same mistake before. I don't know why. But, yeah, that was funny. If you guys didn't watch to the end, I would rewatch the video and watch all the way to the end. The bloopers were pretty hilarious. But, yeah, was, voice cracks were not the issue for me. It was uh, saying 2022 without saying 2000, 2022. But that's fixable. The voice cracks, maybe not, but no, the those voice are cracks we can be fixed. The voice cracks, yeah. Like I said, you guys need to focus on controlling what you can control. Everything yeah. else is just it's out of your hands and the voice cracks. I already had one about thirty seconds ago. It's just it is what <laughs> it is. I swear though, maybe I just don't notice it as much in my personal life, but I swear like something happens when I'm speaking like <laughs> when I'm speaking for an audience. Cause like I feel like when I'm like talking with my friends and stuff like that, I don't notice as much as to where like I'm in a work meeting, we're doing the podcast, filming videos. I swear my voice cracks way more. So it must just be like the tone of my voice that I use or I don't know, something there. But it's it's pretty funny to me. Once again, I I've accepted it at this point and it, it kind of just is what it is. I feel like it's been a little less often lately, Jack. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. 
But I think you're getting better. I haven't noticed as many, I would say. Maybe the vocal cords from all these podcasts are getting a little stronger. It, it could be. They are. It could be. They are. They're building up. Building up strength. They're, they're building up, just like the Mallards are. But Yeah, just like the Mallards are. Let's talk about the Mallards real quickly here. We are going to be joined, guys, by Jordan Robles in just a moment, so you can hear from him directly. But um, I think the Mallards are probably the most talked about team after this draft. And um, for the yeah. first time in years, literally years, not like that far, but probably two years, so it's still plural. I have I'm getting an, an influx of positive DMs, and it's not just Washland, you suck, Tom. Mallards are trash. That's what I usually get on the daily, and now I'm actually getting positive DMs. So we did something right, at least in the fans' eyes. But once again, guys, a lot can happen, and things always don't pan out the way you think they will. However, I am confident. I think we had a great draft. Um, you know, we picked up we picked up Robles at number one. Obviously, the most talked about draft pick in this class, and we're going to hear from him in just a moment. But we also, the Mallards, made the trade at the sixth pick, sending their pick yep. to the Diamondbacks and acquiring Ben Wilson, which um, if you guys have been following the league for a long time, uh, Ben Wilson has a pretty good bat on him. You know, he's had a lot of home runs in his career. wouldn't say he's the best hitter for average, but uh, wiffle ball games are often won and lost via the home run ball. So Ben Wilson, I think, could be that just extra spark plug that the Mallards need to, to get the bats going. And once again, we expect Jordan to be a great hitter, but I mean, why not add another one, right? Yeah. I, I like that trade a lot. The other part of that trade was you guys swapping 2023 picks with the Diamondbacks. That's correct. correct. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> like, what was your, what was your logic with that? Was it kind of just like, you're, you know, thinking that you're going to be better than the Diamondbacks in, in, you know, the coming years? I or mean, like, what was really the logic behind that? So that's the goal. But really, no, that's coming That's coming more from negotiations from Jimmy Norp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he's anticipating and he's confident that his D-back squad is going to be better than the Mallards next year. So he's thinking we're going to be able to yeah. provide him a better pick as he was weighing Ben Wilson to be more valuable than um, the number six pick. So, right, right. And it's, you, could de- you could debate that either ways. You know, Trey Flood's a young kid who has a long career ahead of him, and we anticipate him to be a, a very good player in this league. But Ben Wilson has proven himself, you know, on the main stage. And um, while he may not be around for as long, I think, you know, his, uh, his war, his wins above replacement is probably higher right now than, um, than Trey Flood. So Ben Wilson is a guy who I think is, was looking for an opportunity, a guy who was looking for a franchise that could use him and uh, utilize his talents. And the D-backs kind of have their championship squad with their chemistry that they built um, that didn't always include him. And now we can take him under our wing no pun intended, and uh, see what we can do as a group. So I think uh, I'm, I like the roster that I have right now, and um, let's uh, let's bring Robles into the call right now and see uh, see how he's feeling after being selected number one overall. Jordan, how we doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us, man. Long time no see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Now <laughs> for everything. Absolutely. Well, great to have you, and I'm sure the fans would love to hear from you. Um, once again, congratulations on being selected number one overall in this year's draft. Um, it's, it's cool for us. I'm sure it's cool for you. So I just, I want to know your initial thoughts, you know, on, on, um, I guess, especially over the weekend, just seeing it announced and watching the video come out and getting the reaction from all of the MLW followers. What was that like for you? Uh, definitely something very new, you know, like I've been playing wiffle ball 10 years, have not had this much of a following as I've had since that videos come out. So it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, I teach phys ed. So looking throughout the the comments and all the, on the Instagram posts that you guys made, it's like all my students saying yeah. like, that's my 
is, man. It's so funny. It's um, so cool. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah me, me and Kyle weren't sure which student was the, the first one who sniffed it out. But then, yeah, our, like within 15, 20 minutes, our Instagram comments got flooded. It's like, that's my teacher, my gym teacher. <laughs> Shout out Mr. Robles. All this stuff. We thought that was so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, so we had practice today. My whole baseball team uh, knows about it. I'm walking out while the lacrosse team's walking, and they're all like, "Congratulations, congratulations!" <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. The, the following that MLW has is for real. It's very awesome, and yeah, it's not normal by any means. But I mean, I've embraced, and uh, it's awesome. I mean, no, it's cool for us too. I'll, I mean, I'll give it to you from our perspective. You know, I think it's very special to see. Not just you, but several guys who were drafted in this class, you know, posting snippets from the video on their personal Instagrams and having their, their friends and family members congratulate them. And I, I don't know, it's just really cool. And I'm sure it's, it's cool for Kyle as well as, you know, he's invested so much into building MLW to where it's at today. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part of it, too. And just seeing, like you said, your students going crazy and everyone in, on your personal page just going nuts. It was uh, it was awesome. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you've been playing for 10 years now. And you said in a previous podcast interview we had with you um, a few episodes back, probably a month or two ago, that uh, you have been following MLW for a couple of years. You've been a, you, we've been on your radar, but uh, did you ever really think, you know, prior to this year that you'd you'd become a part of this league? Not really. I thought if if any chance, like I had a feeling I would be involved, just not as a full time player because michigan new york you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it just be difficult and especially the timing i wasn't sure of your schedule like primarily your games are july august mm-hmm. and even but teaching you know september to june full-time monday to friday like i it was just it'd be difficult you know i get lucky that tournaments are saturday sunday mm-hmm. i can get there and, and be back for work on monday but to to have this opportunity it's it's awesome i did not think that this would ever happen but i'm so happy that it is and re- i was reading all the comments like getting messages from people i will be full-time i'll be at every single game although i live in new york so <laughs> yeah uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to continue to work out the logistics of that but we're making it happen we're working hard yeah. and um i gotta ask you this too before jack can bounce a question off you um so kyle and i met with you kind of with this idea to bring you into mlw as a player just our initial thoughts and to get your feedback on if you even were interested. That was probably about a month ago now. And I wanted to know that when, you know, Kyle and I DM'd you and said like, hey man, we kind of have a crazy idea. Would you be down to chat on Zoom or FaceTime for a little while? Did you think that it was going to be an invite to the league or did you think it'd be something different? Absolutely not. I thought it would be like kind of you guys maybe um, you guys maybe wanting advice on like a tournament format or a tournament structure. The last thing I was thinking was being a part of MLW, but I'm beyond happy that that absolutely happened. You know, and even even when that happened, I kind of still thought like logistically something's going to go bad. Something Mm -hmm. won't work, you know, like something will hold it up at some point. And it didn't, thankfully, you know, got it done. And here we are. It's it's very surreal. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And um, yeah, I think I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Robles, but I think I may have said it on this podcast once before that. Usually I am kind of like the pessimistic figure in the room. You know, I always, which is, you, you got to have that person, you know. I think Kyle's always optimistic and tries to always make things happen. And I totally support that because you also need that person in the room. And then I feel like I'm always like, well, what about this, this, and this? And I like always bring the bad news. So, of course, I saw like many challenges with bringing you into the league um, for a variety of different reasons. But what was so cool, and we kind of expected it, but like I said, I'm, I'm a pessimistic guy 
was then, you know, Kyle gave you our little, you know, two minute pitch as to why we think this would be a great idea. And then Jordan just goes, I'm so down. And it was like, it was, <laughs> it was cool. And, um, we, like I said, I expected that out of you because of just, you know, we've, we've admired you for years, just not only because of your talent, but of how you carry yourself as a player and as a human being. So, um, we're really excited to have you a part of our league. And I hope, I think we're just as excited as you are to, uh, get this season going. It's, it's going to be a great year. Like when you get offered to play an MLW, you don't say no. Like that, <laughs> that, I'm saying yes immediately. My eyeballs were exploding. I, I couldn't wait. I, you know, it was one answer you give. It's yes. Cool. So you didn't think it would really be a possibility, but here you are, number one draft pick overall. What are you most excited about for in the, in the 2022 MLW season? I would say just actually getting out to the meadows, seeing what it's like and just playing against everybody, um, seeing how the videos work, you know, like, uh, I think we play the first, right? So like, I, I don't know how I've already gotten messages from some fans. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I love all the fan messages that I've gotten on Instagram, responded to every single one. I love it. Good or bad. I love all of them. So keep them coming. But, um, yeah. for the season to start and, if we go on the run that I expect we will, um, you know, making all the Mallards fans happy and just seeing the league grow. Like, I, I can't wait to see where this league ends up two, three years down the road. Hey, yeah. Jordan, let me tell you something, man. Um, as a teammate of yours, i got to say that there's a lot of angry people out there, and most of them are mad at me. Now, uh, I plan on pro- proving a lot of people wrong, but uh, you could definitely be a big help in uh, putting some smiles on a lot of people's faces out there. So... I'm super excited to get going. I, I say it every year, but I'm telling you, we got a good team. The Ballards have a good team. And you guys will see just what Jordan has in store in his game. And as Kyle mentioned in the draft video when he was doing his player analysis, I think what we're most excited about is that, uh, you know, Jordan's played a lot of wiffle ball in many different ways, you know, different bats, different scuffing styles, different pitching distances, different rules. So he's a well-diversified player. And I think that will allow him to um, integrate and mesh into the MLW style of play a lot more seamlessly than some, you know, typical wiffle ball guys, baseball guys, that kind of thing. So um, I'm I'm excited, and I think um, you know you can't if I, you're if you're in my shoes, you cannot be complaining and whatsoever with the uh, with the draft pick that I was able to select. So um, Jordan, hate to cut you off, but we are going to get one more player who was selected in this draft um, in here. So uh, we'll keep in touch, man. First game only, you know, about a month away. So uh, I can't wait. Looking forward to, to meeting you in person again and uh, getting some wins, dude. Absolutely. Quack Attack is back. And uh, thank you guys for having <laughs> Absolutely. Talk to you soon, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, it's going to be an exciting year. I just, I can't wait, guys. But another player that I invited tonight and one that, in my opinion, honestly speaking, was I think the steal of the draft is Ty Smith. Jack, do you know anything about Ty Smith? Uh, absolutely nothing. No. Nothing. Fill me in. Okay, so you might know. I'll, I'll refresh your memory. In 2017, Jack, I believe you accompanied me on a trip to the Cedar Point Slugfest tournament. Yes, yes. And, and I'm sure you remember the teams that were wearing the light blue t-shirts, the PWL. Yep, yep. Okay, so kind of like their league commissioner, head honcho of their league, is Ty. I don't know if you okay. remember him. He's wearing like yellow shorts, Michigan hat. Okay. Is that ringing a bell a little bit? Yeah, that's starting okay. to ring a bell. <laughs> that's Ty Smith. Years. Uh, solid this is, team. This is, solid yeah, organization. Exactly. Years in the making. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think Ty, I would say, is kind of the sleeper pick in this draft. And I was shocked 
that he slid all the way down to the Wildcats. But I swear, Kyle always lucks out. Last year, I almost took Jackson Pearson at number two, but I went with Caden. I'm still happy I went with Caden. I think me and Caden are getting along well, and uh, I'm ex I think he has a lot of potential. But anyway, um, Jackson slid all the way down to the Wildcats, and now this year, Kyle ends up with Ty Smith at, at uh, number seven, I want to say. So, once again, Ty has been playing in MLW tournaments for years and um, very dedicated, runs his own league, and uh, is just a flat-out great all-around player. He can pitch, he can hit, um, he comes up in the clutch, and I think you guys are going to be shocked that this kid went number seven in the draft, but he's joining us now. Ty, welcome to the Pipe It Up podcast. First-time guest. What's up, everybody? It's good to be here. First time on here. It's a true honor, oh. and everyone's really talking me up on here, so... Like hey, got to deliver tonight. Hey, this is like hanging out in your parents' basement. You know, the MLW videos, yeah, they're all with the glitz and the glam and the th hundreds of thousands of viewers. We got a nice intimate crowd of just a couple thousand here, so it's no pressure. We can edit this. It's a, it's a pretty chill environment. But as I was just saying, Ty, you've been, um, you've been kind of on our radar for a long time, even, you know, just as long as Robles, per se, as like, I mean, we knew like you had potential to be in the league sooner than this year, whereas Robles is more of like a long shot. But um, Robust, I guess, just more has more of like a national attention compared to yourself. But we've seen you play in person many times, and we've seen the talent. So um, I guess going back to 2017 when you first played in an MLW tournament, um, was it kind of a goal of yours to catch our eye and maybe one day be in this league, or were you simply just going to have a fun weekend and compete with your, your usual teammates? Man, it was that's a long time ago now. So I was 17 at the time. Mm -hmm. And for us, we were just like, hey, it's a chance to, you know, play against MLW. We're probably going to go there and get our butts kicked. But <laughs> we just thought it was cool to be there, honestly. Like, I didn't see any of this ever happening. Like, I, not only did I get drafted, but we have eyes on our other guys from the league, a couple other guys. So it's crazy that just going to that one tournament, which was just some crazy idea at first, it's really led to a lot. Mm -hmm. It's cool that you've been around for so long and are able to now now be a part of it. And Tom was kind of like, I do remember you now, by the way, seeing your face, very familiar. Yeah. But um, Tommy was kind of, you know, hyping you up a little bit there, but also saying you might have been someone who was slept on a little bit in this draft. Um, would you would you confirm that or or agree with that or? Is that not really how you how you think of your game or yourself? Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confirm or deny it until I hit the field. <laughs> I, I feel like my performance could go a lot of different directions, especially facing the Diamondbacks right off the bat. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not gonna try and hype myself up here and walk up there and strike out right away. So I've seen those kids in the comments on YouTube and Instagram. They're ruthless, so I'm not going to give them any ammo here right now. Yeah, that's the sad part. I, I hate the fact that that's kind of like a source of pressure now for a lot of the rookies, whereas, you know, five years ago when we'd bring friends to the Meadows, like, no one really cared, or even at Colts Field. But um, I could tell you this, Ty. I've seen you play a lot, and I've seen you deliver in the clutch, like I said before. And um, at the end of the day, there's not – hundreds of thousands of people watching you there at the Meadows. It, it really does feel like a game amongst friends. Um, I think you'd be surprised as to how light the energy can be at the Meadows. I'd say most of the stress and the um, like yelling or intensity mostly has to do with just the actual production of the video, let alone the gameplay. Yeah. The gameplay really gets intense in the postseason and in games that matter, but and every game matters. But, I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast has probably at one point or another you know, played – 
some kind of game amongst their friends as you know when, as kids as adults whatever whether it's a board game whether it's a game of basketball wiffle ball whatever it is you, you know how it's it's friendly competition it's it's good fun it can get intense at times but overall at the end of the day um you know everybody's friends and i think you can kind of yeah i think you've seen that from our tournaments you know um you get a feel of kind of the relationships amongst the guys along in the league and i think i think you'll uh, you'll fit right in so we're excited to have you too but um, not only the YouTube comments and stuff like that, but how, how have the, how's MLW nation been on you so far? Are you getting any love? Uh, a little bit. I've seen a couple of TikTok videos actually, but, uh, obviously I play in the league with Brendan Baranowski, you know, mm-hmm. he was the number one pick last year. So I saw him take a lot of heat, uh, <laughs> especially, obviously, I don't know if he'll be mad at me for saying this. He didn't start out the hottest. Uh-huh. Everyone kind of knows that. In MLW last year, found it at the end, obviously. But mm-hmm. at the beginning, he was. it looked like he was taking a lot of heat on YouTube and Instagram. So you guys say I'm being slept on. I'm okay with being the seventh overall pick. There's not really any pressure on me. You know, I'm, a, I'm on the Wildcats. So it's not like that I helps. have to lead the team or anything. I got some studs on my roster. So I think it's a good situation for me okay cool it's interesting to hear your perspective but uh no i guess even for you or any of the rookies that may or may not be listening to this podcast shout out to trey i know trey's listening um like i said it's it's a friendly game amongst friends um people comment it's just you know it's just somebody behind the screen and at the end of the day you really just gotta try to not let it get to you and to me, like, I beat myself up more than, like, anyone else really can. And I think you probably feel the same way. Like, mentally, if you have a bad oh, series, yeah. yeah, like, you're already mad at yourself. Then people saying bad stuff about you, I guess, is kind of salt on the wound. But I don't know. I've been from the highest highs to the lowest lows in terms of fan perspective. I went from, you know, I've been the top seller in jerseys for a season. And then I've been the seen as, like, the worst player in the league for another season. So <laughs> I've seen I've seen both sides of it. And, uh I don't know. You got to just look at it and smile. Like I said before, like my cousins will like screenshot and text me like the meanest comments and the funniest stuff. And we'll joke about it all the time. So, um, you gotta, you gotta have some thick skin at the end of the day. You you also like at this point, a lot of the comments, no matter how ruthless they are, if they're about me, I I mostly find humor in them just because it's like so funny how, how, I mean, it, it is a serious league, obviously, but like Tommy's saying, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's something we're doing for fun. And the people yeah. who take it so seriously and are commenting on it, you know, you, you got to be able to chuckle. You got to be able to laugh at yourself, laugh at, you know, what they're saying. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Like you said, you're going into a very solid franchise, solid organization. So, you know, with that being said, uh, what would you like, what kind of impact do you want to have this year in the league? Or, you know, maybe how would you define the 2022 season as successful for, you know, your, either yourself or uh, as a wildcat? Uh, I guess I just don't want to try and be someone I'm not like in my, I play in the Kalamazoo Wiffle league. I've led the league in walks three years in a row. So I just, I want to be a guy that gets on base. That's my main goal. I don't want to hit. I mean, I'd like to hit 20 home runs on the season. That'd be awesome. But uh, I don't want to try and, you know, swing for power in every at-bat and strike out all the time. So I just want to get on base to help Kyle and Nick out and Jackson because their job is to score the runs. My job is to be in position for them to mm-hmm. get their RBIs. So Hey, well, you are taking the shoes of Ryan Kelly, who was known to get on base. So that's, yes. I don't even know if Kyle was aware of that stat from your KWL league, but uh, I think he's going to like this. It's going to be music to his ears when he hears this later today when he's reviewing the pod. 
Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to have you as a part of the league. I think it's uh, I think we can all say it's a bit overdue. You've been on our radar for a long time, and um, the stars finally aligned, and we uh, were able to have you drafted. So uh, excited to see you out at the Meadows in a couple weeks. I believe you will be there for opening day, right? Oh yeah, and Diamondbacks so- right off the bat. So I'm I'm a little little nervous, I guess, just for the matchup and everything, because I know. You know, a lot goes into that, especially with it being a World Series. Yeah, there is. You're walking into some history. <laughs> That's yeah, true. oh for sure. But, Coming off probably the best uh, playoff series you guys have ever had, and now you're mm-hmm. getting a rematch right off the bat. So mm-hmm. it's cool to walk into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You'll get a you'll get a great taste of what MLW is all about from a production standpoint to a competitive standpoint, all that. But it's a lot like, once again, it's a lot like you think it'd be. You've seen us play amongst each other. And um, just like I saw a clip a couple days ago of um, I think it was someone on the Rangers who was like giving Shohei a bear hug because they didn't want him to go back to the dugout in order to hit like stuff like this. Like people who have the most fun playing the game are often playing loose and are able to perform the best that they can. So I think a lot of guys in MLW have that style of of playing loose, but yet being, you know, locked in and focused. I think that's uh, a great um, successful environment. So Ty, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and I, uh, Look forward to seeing you at the Meadows. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'll see you on opening day. Yep. A couple see weeks ya. away. Yep, go Cats, baby. Yeah. Right. Take it easy. Talk to you later. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so looking at the rest of the draft board, um, we'll do a quick run through, Jack and I, of uh, the other yeah. six selections. We'll go from top to bottom. Um, and we'll just give our opinions on it. You know, you guys kind of heard Kyle's um, unbiased review in the video, but Jack and I can provide a little extra comments. So at number two, the Preds selected Mac Holly. Um, <clears throat> as Kyle mentioned, probably the biggest question mark in this draft because he doesn't have any real wiffle experience, which I think everyone else in this draft class does, literally everyone besides Mac. Now we saw some highlights of him playing. Um, in the gymnasium amongst Ryan and Steve and McGlade. But, uh, Jack, what do you think about drafting the baseball player? I mean, I think it's gone it's gone a multitude of directions in the past. So uh, mm. do you think it's too risky of a move, or do you think chemistry can sometimes play a bigger role than raw talent? Yeah, I mean, how, how many times have we talked on this podcast about the the importance of chemistry, right? There's definitely something to be said there. Um for this specific pick, I feel like number two is a little bit too high to take, um, you know, maybe like a question mark, like you said, of a baseball player who clearly has skill, has hand-eye coordination and stuff. Mm-hmm. But with so much other actual proven wiffle ball experience on the board, I think that was why, like, you know, I was reading some of the comments and Warda wasn't getting a lot of love from it. Like, I don't hate the pick by any means. Um, because I think chemistry is important and the kid's an athlete, right? Like if you, if you are athletic, like mobile ball is, you don't necessarily have to play baseball or like any sort of sport with a, a stick and a ball. Like if, if you can hit, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. you, 
if you can make a play out there, like you can make a play. Yeah. Um, so I think Warner, this pick also shows that he has a lot of um, confidence in McGlade to really be that number two guy because, you know, who knows what um, Hawley can do at the or on the mound. Um, but I don't necessarily hate the pick. I just think that, you know, if it were me and I had the number two pick, I probably wouldn't go with a uh, baseball player question mark that, you know, I don't know what he can do wiffle wise, just only. And that's, that's me saying that just based on like how much experience wiffle ball experience was left on the board. Um, but I don't know if you'd agree. Uh, I think I agree, you know, um, and once again, it, it could pan out very well for the prize. We don't know how good this kid can be. And exactly. uh, McGlade didn't have any wiffle ball experience, but he's uh, proven himself to be at least a, a good pitcher, a solid number two to Ryan. And uh, he can get the bat on the ball every once in a while. So, I think the one thing that they have going for them is that the Preds are a franchise that have always thrived off of chemistry, and they've kind of always brought in the raw athletes, you know, just like exactly, yourself, Jack. Yeah. Just like yeah. yourself, Brennan Russell, Alec Ward. I mean, that just it does fit the Predator mold very well. Now, I yes. think just maybe with as the league is evolving and as more quote-unquote wiffle ball talent is coming into the league, the Preds just may need to put a little bit more time and effort into actual picking up the old wiffle ball bat and ball in their free time and uh, making sure they keep their skills sharp because it's uh, every year more and more talent, more and more competitive. So um, maybe, just maybe, they uh, need to um, make sure that they're not relying too much on their raw athleticism and chemistry. But yeah. uh, that's kind of how I feel. But overall, I wish the best of luck to Mac. I look forward to meeting him, and um, hopefully he can be a, a big part in getting the Preds back into the postseason. Moving on to the number three pick, we have Sawyer Bean for the Cobras. Um, I love this pick for Drew. Uh, this kid has been a very active fan of MLW. He's been in my DMs for a long time with um, you know highlights of himself hitting, pitching. I can tell he's passionate about the game, runs his own league. This is exactly the kind of guy we want in MLW. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I love the pick for, for Drew. Um, I think that having another pitcher for them to go to is, is going to be great for them, right? It's not going to be as much pressure on Drew. It's not going to be as much pressure on Barron to sort of figure it out. So I think a little bit of weight will be lifted off him. Um, and, you know, we know the Cobras can hit, so I don't think they really, you know, I'm not sure how, how good the kid is at hitting, um, but they didn't need to go out and get a stud stud batter, right? I think that this was a, a correct pick, a, a very solid pick for the Cobras. Yeah, I like it, and he's young, too. He's only 17, I think, or 18. He's still in high school, so room to develop, um, room to mature, and like we talked to Drew earlier a few episodes back, um, the Cobras are, are getting there mentally. They're putting the pieces together, and they've always been right there, but maybe this is the year they get over the hump and make a World Series push, so we'll see. Um, looking forward to meeting Sawyer as well. At number four, the Eagles selected Landon Yurgaitis. He has been very active at the MLW tournament scene on his Bay City Bone Crackers squad. Um, once again, I, I like this pick for the Eagles. Um, Dan is doing a great job of keeping keeping the youthfulness up in the Eagles franchise. Um, yeah. As Dan and Zach and Clayton are getting older, he's doing a great job of you know making sure the turnover rate keeps them young and athletic and um, I like it. I don't know. I guess it'll be interesting to see with the amount of talent the Eagles have if Landon is a big part of the, of the squad this year or if he is um, kind of seen as the future. I don't know. But overall, I'm excited for Landon to be a part of the league, um, another dedicated kid who plays in his own league. And um, 
Yeah. Any comments, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I think Dan honestly has has flown under the radar a little bit on just his management skills. Like he has put the Eagles in a great position for years to come, you know, and he's also done done that balancing act of having friends, close friends on the team and also bringing in, you know, younger talent. So um, I like the pick as well. The kid from from what I've heard, you know, he's he's done well. Um and did he play in some tournaments? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's done well in the tournaments that he's played in. Um, I think he can pitch a little bit. So, like, just another possible arm to go to for them. I like the pick. Yeah, the Eagles are are rolling in the deep with the talent. So, uh, I'm excited for the Eagles franchise and for Eagles fans. You guys have a, a very good, like, Daniel's just so level-headed. He, uh, he hasn't missed a draft pick yet. So, yeah. at number five, the Great Lakes Gators selected Reese Harris. Now, this is a kid I don't know a whole lot about. Once again, I know he's a big MLW fan. He's been very active just amongst the community. And um, I can for sure say he's dedicated, Jack, because he was traveling last year hours to play in a league that was somewhere in Missouri, I want to say. And um, mm-hmm. the kid can hit. I mean, he sent me a little um, highlight tape when the draft was coming up, and he's a left-handed hitter, hits bombs, mm-hmm. not afraid to strut a little bit after he hits it. And um, like I said, the dedication is big. The Gators are a squad who has been relying on the three-man roster. 2020, they won a championship with their little core three. And last year, they showcased the same talent. So they didn't have a draft pick last year. This year, they pick up Reese. Could be a big bat for them. Um, I'm not sure if he can pitch or not, but I'm just glad to see the Gators starting to add some depth to their roster. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm not really surprised that Zerlag kind of went in a direction like this. I don't think he was really looking for to add another pitcher just because I think he's comfortable with uh, Cheatham and Jorgensen being yeah. his two arms. Mm-hmm. And and I also think he likes doing the the three-man lineup anyway. So, um, yeah, I think adding another lefty will kind of be a new dynamic. I don't know how many teams have two lefties in their lineup. Maybe none. Um, but I guess maybe the Diamondbacks when Shima switch hits yeah. could be one. But mm-hmm. – um, yeah, good. You know, I don't know much about him, but um, commitment is key to yeah. this league. So if, if you're telling me this kid's committed, I think that's a that's another great pick um, for the for the Great Lakes Gators there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And this has been a big talking point amongst the MLW fans. You know what teams are doing with the influx of talent that we've had. If people are going to start making tough decisions and cutting older players that they th- mm-hmm. that they think the draft picks have more talent if they're going to start running four or five man lineups, another possibility, you know, like you said, the Gators have run three guys in the past. Maybe this year is the time for Zulai to take the step to go to four guys. Um, I'm definitely considering that for myself, but one more comment I wanted to say, Jack is at least if Zerlag has his heart set on running three guys and has to make a decision here, at least he has someone to turn to if there's an injury Mm -hmm. or someone's unavailable. Cause before there was really nobody else in the Gators depth chart. So, Mm -hmm. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, and if this is a dumb question, maybe you could just cut it from the podcast. But <laughs> didn't we make didn't we uh, make a new rule where you can have like a DH correct. for the pitcher? So we do one, have that. Yes, we do. So I didn't make that up. We do have nope. that. You are you're still sharp so, as an arrow up there, Jack. So so potentially, you know, if if uh, if Reese can hit a little bit, and uh, he wants to go with a three man lineup, but have two lefties in there, Zerlag could just take out maybe Jorgensen if he's pitching mm-hmm. and uh, run that three-man lineup. Yeah, 
I mean, that was a thing that yeah. I heavily considered when acquiring Ben Wilson with the new rule. Mm-hmm. I know Ben Wilson's a big bat. He's not going to see the mound for us. But um, if one of us is struggling on the mound or if I have to throw, you know, if Caden's bat doesn't get hot or if, if I'm struggling at the plate and I'm pitching, um, why not put a guy out there who shows that he can put it out of the ballpark? You know what I mean? And get him involved. Yeah. So it really does open up a lot more options for managers to uh, effectively manage their teams. So exciting stuff. It's a great rule change, and it's good for the uh, with the new talent we have in the league. At number six, we have Trey Flood, the downtown Diamondbacks. This is the pick they acquired from the Mallards for Ben Wilson. Trey Flood is a flat-out athlete. I can tell you that right now, Jack. He's young. I want to say he's only 16 years old or so. But um, the kid can absolutely chuck it. He throws gas. He has movement. He's been dominant at our MLW tournaments for two years running now. Um, so a good pick for Jimmy. This is a, a great athlete at number six, and it could be looked at years to come from now as like, wow, they got Trey at number six, like in 2022 when he's holding up the MVP trophy in 2025 per se. But this is, I mean, the D-backs, you're coming off of a championship season where you primarily used three guys, being Jimmy Norp, Michael Shima, and Jonah Heath. Um, and now you just acquired young, phenomenal talent, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable what Jimmy Norp has done. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's a businessman. He's a strategist. We we know this. He he puts in the he puts in the work to make sure that his team's in the best spot uh, to win. Mm-hmm. But um, my my question really is more like about this this trade that happened. Like, when exactly did it develop? And like, was Trey Jimmy's target? Like, did he know he was gonna kind of fall to six or like? If you have any insight on that, just because I'm curious. Uh, I'll tell you what I know, Jack. I will, genuinely. I'll tell everyone what I know. Um, number one, as Jack said, Jimmy's moves are very calculated, okay? Um, he's a smart kid. He loves baseball. He loves everything about baseball, from the analytics to player history to player development, everything about it. He's just got the baseball mind, and if you have the baseball mind, you know what I'm talking about. You know how the game is, you know, it's a long season, a lot of games. Um, there's It's heavily involved in statistics and that kind of thing. Jimmy's all about that. So when the trade was made for Ben Wilson for this sixth pick, along with the picks flipping next year, um, I heard from Jimmy that he had a guy in mind. Whether or not that was Trey Flood, I don't know. Because I'm not so sure that he knew Trey Flood would slide this far. So, your guess is as good as mine on this question, Jack. But mm-hmm. all I know is Jimmy knows what he's doing. And like I just told you guys, Trey is a, a talent, and uh, he is young. It'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets. I think he'll be a very dedicated player, but I 100% anticipate this guy being like one of the key guys in MLW for years to come if he stays involved. Nice. Wow. So, I mean, that's just, I'm just calling it how I see it. You never know. Yeah. yeah. But that's, yeah. I could easily see Trey and Landon being a big part of MLW. So we talked about, we talked about Ty. We had him on the podcast. Um, and the last pick was Casey Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy also seems like a, a steal, kind of, from what I've heard. You know, I love when things kind of just organically blossom. In, mm-hmm. in any any way, shape, or form. I think it's one of like the, the beautiful things about life is when, whether it's like an inside joke or whatever it may be, a new tradition is born, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like 
the number eight pick in MLW has kind of turning into something special. Now, if we look back at last year, the Coastal Cobras selected Gus, who was clearly like a, a personality in the league. He didn't play a whole lot, but when he did, he was very serviceable. The guy threw strikes, he threw well, he was athletic, and he could hit. He's a strong kid. Like I said, he's athletic, all that kind of stuff. But I think he was, you know, he was seen as a character by most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And now this year, Mr. James B. Norp was put in a very similar predicament and uh, had the eighth pick in this year's draft. And what does he do? He gets Casey Bennett, a guy who has been to two MLW tournaments, both last year, on his grasshopper squad. A squad who is full of characters, okay? A lot of personality. They have the most fun playing, but somehow, some way, they beat good teams. They gave trouble and even defeated some of the most talented football players in the country. And I'm not joking when I say that. There was some real, real, highly competitive teams at the Wiffle and the Mitten Tournament that Casey Bennett and company knocked off. Now, Casey, once again, is a character and has his personality and has a lot of fun, but he is a good wiffle ball player. The kid can hit, he can battle, he can pitch, and he knows how to win. But it's just funny to me how, in a similar manner, I like how this eighth pick has kind of turned into something fun. And it's like, okay, I'm going to bring in someone who's going to have a ton of fun playing, who um, is going to also be able to contribute and just be able to you know, build up a fan base. So that's yeah. not disrespectful to Casey at all. I think Casey has, like I said, a lot of talent, but I think just the way in the way in which he plays the game is similar to Gus in a way that I think they both just have a ton of fun doing it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I love just the energy he's going to bring, and it sounds like he's going to be pretty dedicated too and come to as many games as he can. And it wouldn't even surprise me with this whole you know DH rule if if Jimmy uses him because, like I said, the kid I watched the kid hit homers. He was yeah. hitting flat-out bombs at both the Wiffle and the Mitten and the Midwest Slugfest. So it'll be interesting to see how the mastermind himself, Jimmy, uses this pick. But overall, I think it's kind of a, if it continues next year, I guess after three years, you got to consider it kind of a tradition as to where the eighth pick is like, okay, who can I bring in? Who's going to boost team morale? Also, can yeah, yeah. if we need him to. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. That's no disrespect to Gus, no disrespect to Casey. That's just kind of calling a spade a spade. So given, given what we've talked about and, uh, and what we know about these incoming players, I think, you know, it's pretty cut and dry that the Mallards got the best person in the draft, number one pick, obviously a lot of hype around Jordan. But uh, if there was another team on the board that you would say won the draft um, or had the highest rating, I guess, if you were rating their draft, who would, who would that be for you? Um, well, Jack, there was a reason that I invited Ty Smith tonight to be on the show, because I do think that he is a serious wiffle ball player, and I think he could, like, I don't think he's, like, the role player that he was being very humble, kind of mm-hmm. describing himself as a guy, like, who can get on base and get driven in. This guy can hit. You know, he's like the, yeah. he's like the stud on his team that he brings to tournaments. So, the Wildcats got one, I think, for sure. Um, I think that Jordan... <laughs> is the most talented player um, in the draft. But two picks that I want you guys to keep your eye on in in this year specifically are, besides Jordan, is Ty Smith and Reese Harris. Those two guys. Also, so I'll say Sawyer being too. Those okay. guys right there I think can really contribute to and make plays that win their team games. 
if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I, th- I think Reese is a, a great hitter. And with the new DH rule, like you said, I think uh, I think he could be a real a real factor in the Gators lineup. Ty can hit, he can pitch, he can get on base. He's really like he plays with a lot of energy, in a good way. And um, Sawyer's just a guy who's proven himself. He can pitch. He has movement. He can hit the ball. I think he's just kind of like a gritty utility type player who is gonna mm-hmm. like you know you need those wiffle ball athletes who have just great hand eye coordination. They're quick and. Um, right. Just never, they never count themselves out. So, uh, those are the picks that I look at right off the bat. But, um, like I said, long term, Landon Urgitis, Trey Flood, um, those guys I think could play a big role in years to come. So, but I really, yeah. I really can't tell you anything concrete, Jack. Um, for me speaking personally, Robles is going to be extremely involved for the Mallards. I don't know what the rest of the managers are planning on doing, but, um, I guess. Time will tell. I think it's really cool. One thing, just like our first draft that we had, the impact that almost all those players had on the league is is pretty incredible, yep. pretty crazy. And I think a lot of people, even within the league, didn't really expect the future drafts. At least I didn't personally, but I think other people would agree with me. They didn't expect future drafts to be as successful as that one, because that was sort of a unique one in that we, we had that winter league. Those were all guys that were like from Michigan that we knew could come to the games type mm-hmm. thing. And it's just really cool in my opinion to see this, this list of eight names here. And it's like, these guys are all could be, could be studs in this league, like another just absolutely great draft class. So I'm super excited I think also this this draft class probably gets a gets a A rating just in terms of the names, like a <laughs> name rating. Like this is incredible. How do you say Landon's last name again? Urgitis. Urgitis. That might be that might be the coolest name in the league now. We got Trey Flood. That's sick. Sawyer. I mean, un, unde, undefeated in the in the yeah, name this, game. This guy take this guy take the the. the top prize for the names out of the three drafts. I think it's, I think it has to. I yeah, think it's, I think it's no question. Yeah. But those are my, that's my two cents though on the draft. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jack. I'm uh, excited to see what kind of roles these guys are playing on each of the teams. And, um, I just can't wait to get back out there, guys. We're talking two weeks till opening day, not even. And, um, it's getting stressful over here. A lot of work to be done, but, uh, we just, we're excited to deliver another great season for you guys to all enjoy and I hope that you guys all – I hope it inspires everybody who listens and who watches to uh, go out there and just have some fun. I think it's what MLW is built on is just getting, getting together with your buddies and, and having fun. It's one of the greatest pleasures in life. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that's a wrap, fellas. I don't want to keep you guys too long. Uh, the draft, there it is, as told by yours truly and Jack Agner. I also want to give a thank you to everybody who's showing love on the new Mallards logo. Um, that's been cool. Yeah. You, if you guys know, if you're big fans, you know you know who did that. Cole Story, one of the big contributors to the MLW graphics scene. And, um, yeah, good stuff on the way. Opening day around the corner. This Friday on YouTube, we will be dropping the 2022 season preview. Just something a little short and sweet. Get, just get the blood pumping a little bit. And uh, nice. followed by spring training and then opening day. So it's right around the corner, boys. Can't wait. 
Until then, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at pipeitupmlw, and we'll see you guys next time.